0: We talk about cars that people actually buy on this episode, mid size sedans. We also look at viewer comments about self-driving cars. Next, on Talking Cars. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Talking Cars with Consumer Reports. I'm Tom Mutchler. I'm Jake Fisher. I'm Gabe Schenhor. You know, it's easy to get lost in the discussions of uh, luxury SUVs and fast sports cars and Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. You know, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of ordinary cars that we drive, and actually, you know, like a good hamburger, I find that a good family sedan is, is satisfying in a way. It's a challenge for an automaker to make something efficient, roomy, reliable, and affordable all at once. And we have two new family sedans parked behind us, don't we, Gabe?
1: Yeah, we have a Chevy Malibu and we have a Kia Optima, and uh, these uh, family cars—or I don't know—call them midsize sedans. Because the last time I saw a family in a sedan was really twenty years ago, I think. Uh, I think there is some some unwritten <laughs> law that. SUVs, you have yeah. to have an SUV if you have a family. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, uh, a few years ago, I think the Ford Fusion started this move towards a stylish uh, family sedan, midsize sedan, <clears> uh, <throat> and now uh, you know, and the Kia Optima and the. Chevy Malibu really look like they're really sty- stylish. They have a silhouette of a coupe. Mm-hmm. They um, they uh, are nice cars, totally competitive, roomy inside. Um, they don't drive uh, in a totally boring way. And uh, that's, I think that's I think they're very, that's faint praise. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think they're very appealing listen this is a very established segment right Mm -hmm. there are a lot of really really good vehicles in the segment and to go stand out is really hard sure it is so i mean i think you know, I mean, we, we talk all the time about like, you know, why isn't there a good sports sedan anymore? You know, I mean, there's a lot of segments that really need some help. Small, tiny SUVs, there's not really great ones. there. They're not worked out yet. They're not worked out. I'm sorry, mid s- sedans,
0: sedans are worked
2: out. Mid-size sedans are worked out. And there's lots of, I mean, you can look at our ratings, and we're like, wow, they all do pretty well. Some mm. do better than others. But there's a lot of great choices. And when you actually take these vehicles and you start opting them up and you, you, you put in the leather and you put in uh, some of the stuff, I mean, you close your eyes, I mean don't close your eyes when you're driving, um, you know, bad, okay. bad, 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 but I mean you, you almost think you're in a luxury car because honestly there's not a big difference between that and a luxury car these days. Mm-hmm.
0: No, actually I'm glad you brought up the Ford Fusion because that is a car that very clearly blurs the lines between you know, mundane family sedan and a luxury sedan because you know, it rides so well, it handles so well, it looks really <coughs> good, you can get a whole ton of equipment on it. And yeah, you close your eyes, which you shouldn't,
2: again,
1: do, shouldn't <laughs> do. You kind of feel like you're in an
2: Audi or something. Exactly. Well, and, 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 and to that point, it also kind of explains a little bit of the problems that Lincoln has, because Lincoln has the, you know, they take their, you know, the MKZ, and they, they, they take these, these vehicles, and they try to make a luxury version of it, and they just become pretty much redundant, you know, because the, the mainstream vehicles are so great. Right.
0: Actually, the bigger threat uh, is that you mess it up. You know, it, it's, it's easy to take the, the the mass market car and kind of right. make a mess out of it for electric right. car. That happened with the Ford Escape going to the MKC. Sure, the MKC does not drive as well <laughs> as its mass market cousin.
1: That's either a put down to a Lincoln or a big compliment to a
0: Ford. We'll we're, we're, we're saying little Ford is still good. It's a lot of both. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of both. Um, you know, and, and actually the Malibu also gets caught when you compare it to the Fusion because the previous Malibu was a pretty boring car. I mean. You know it's funny that as the replacement comes out it gets knocked more and more often but you know we actually liked the malibu because it was really quiet it rode mm-hmm. really well yeah it was boring the fuel economy was uh behind par and rear seat
2: room really wasn't big and they made some tweaks to the styling and some tweaks to the rear seat room that were just token they, they made the improvements that they needed to do so uh, you're exactly right malibu kind of stood out it's very very quiet which is something that. You know, when you're driving a vehicle for a long time or you own a car for a while, it makes a big difference, that mm-hmm. quietness. And it did that well. Didn't have the rear seat room, didn't really have, mm-hmm. the, uh, have that, uh, the fuel efficiency. Um, you know, they got a bunch of weight out of it. Mm-hmm. So they packaged it better. Yep. They addressed what it needed. Now it is really, it's probably gonna be very truly competitive. That's right. The redesign car. makes it a competitive car. It has a lot more rear seat room.
0: It looks a lot better. Um, it feels lighter to drive. Mm-hmm. The problem though is that I think we'd be applauding the Malibu much more than we are if the Fusion hadn't done this three or four years ago because I mean the Fusion looks great too. It has plenty of rear seat room. It drives really well. I mean GM even sort of followed Ford's uh, powertrain uh, philosophy with you know a 1.5 liter turbo and a 2 liter turbo and that's all your options.
1: Yeah so yeah let's throw this sort of caution here that uh, yeah with small displacement turbos and this this has the uh, 1.5 turbo, and there's an upscale one with a two-liter turbo, pretty much following the Ford Fusion uh, formula. Uh, formula here. And um, yeah, we haven't seen uh, the fuel economy gains with these, uh, in the real world, with these kind of small displacement turbos.
0: No, and that would be the interesting thing to find out. Because mm-hmm. right now, I mean, I'd rather drive that 2.4 liter 2.4? Two four? Two four liter yes. in the Optima, mm-hmm. than the 1.5 in that Malibu, because it is more refined, and we'll see how much fuel economy difference there is, if there is one. We'll see, indeed. I mean, that Optima is a very pleasing car. It you is, know, There's yeah. a lot of Audi, I mean, they, they crib designers from, from Volkswagen Audi Group, uh, there's a lot of audi feel to it you feel like you've bought something that's more expensive than what you actually right pay. even though
1: uh, you can hardly tell the difference between the you know ex- from the exterior between this one and the previous generation right. optima but the previous generation was all about style but they didn't really work out the suspension ride mm-hmm. handling were very unrefined and here in this
0: generation they really kind of like honed it in yeah the ride is more composed there is more rear seat room mm-hmm. i mean it's also Uh, True to the Kia formula, there's a lot of car there for the money. I mean, that that Optima EX has um, leather seats, a power driver seat, memory seat. That car stickers for $25,860. The Malibu LT there stickers for $26,790. You have cloth seats that look like they came out of a rental car. You don't have automatic climate control. I mean, the value proposition is tough with that Malibu. But
1: well. there, there is a nice infotainment system. The MyLink is one of my favorite uh, infotainment systems. Mm.
2: And yeah. I mean, it has car play. But. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, at the dealership, you know, I mean, there'll be, a, gonna be incentive on both. and discounts on yeah. both. Um, but I think, really, if you look at the whole market mm-hmm. across the board, I don't think you're going to find better values. Than this segment right here. Mm. I think you're going to get a lot of. Vehicle, Across the
0: entire automotive market.
2: The entire automotive market. Yeah, that's a good I'm not point. talking about these cars specifically, but just because of this family sedans, and, and Gabe's right, families are moving to small SUVs, right. where maybe there's not quite as much value there. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, this mid sized sedan market is so evolved, and there are so many competitive entries, this is where you're going to get most bang for your, butt, for so your buck. So, what's
0: not competitive?
2: Well, you know, and that, that's an interesting thing. There are many good, good choices. It doesn't mean everything is good, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there are vehicles out there. I mean, the Chrysler 200, I mean, we've obviously talked plenty about that. Right. Um, there was some news this week that it looks like they may even be um, phasing that vehicle out mm-hmm. in the future, um, just realizing they can't get it right. Um, we're, you know, Nissan Altima. Um,
0: yeah, because uh, Nissan's um, updated the Altima
1: Right, also for and, 16. and we bought one and uh, didn't have room in the, to show it here, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, you drive the Altima, you drive these uh, cars and uh, there is a difference, you know. Do
0: the, these feel much more substantial? Oh, they do, absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah I mean the steering feel on the Altima, it's, it's very, it's numb, you're very removed, you know, and it's like, it's not like the Nelftima does everything poorly, right? It's got great fuel efficiency and it feels, you know, it's energetic, it's a decent powertrain, but you know the, the handling just feels removed. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not even like a luxury car. It's just kind of like oh, it's very disconcerting. Yeah. 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 So, so I, you know, what's interesting? You know, and again, going to these cars, it's like because they're so evolved. You know, and these guys, I think they did it, they did it right, right? It's like you look at it. It's like we're doing a lot of things right, but there's one or two things that we need to hone, mm-hmm. and they did that. Right. Right. And they didn't screw up anything else in the process. Mm-hmm. And that's how you do it right. But there's other cars out there that, oh, we're gonna make a new styling and now we're gonna make the controls that are impossible to use. Or we're gonna put a new transmission in that, that fails half the time or whatever. And we see that too.
0: Right, I mean, well, that was also um, the problems with the Chrysler 200 is that it just had so, you know that when that design came out a year or two ago, it just has so many. Not only design problems, but it has reliability problems too. Right, right. You know, you can't see out of it. it there's not a lot of headroom. Um, the nine speed is not worked yeah, out. It's
1: plagued Correct. with that nine speed automatic, uh, which every car maker who adapted this uh, nine speed automatic is struggling with. And uh, yeah, and, and it's not competitive because there's no uh, rear seat room there and uh, the visibility is lousy.
0: Right, and also really just doesn't drive all that well. So, family sedans, I keep saying family sedans, (laughs) midsize sedans are pretty well worked out. But, like you said, a lot of people have walked away from this segment. They have moved on to small SUVs. And one of the most popular small SUVs, the Toyota RAV4, got updated for 2016.
1: Right. So yeah, it got a midlife updating, uh, just like the Honda CRV got it a year ago. And uh, Toyota made the RAV4 a little quieter, a little softer, a little.
0: Japanese words, a little. Yeah, very <laughs> a little.
1: Yeah. Um, for instance, I think they added uh, uh, soft pad on the upper. Tr- There's uh, door one trim. more piece of soft. And uh, yeah, they call yeah. it the uh, better All finish. New. finish. Yeah. Right and uh, most importantly, the addition of a hybrid uh, version.
0: Now, I mean, a hybrid small SUV is is a big deal. You know, it, it, it was a market segment that didn't really have one except for the view. You well, know, the what, Escape. Yeah, and the Escape, but the Escape's been away for a couple yep. of years, so.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, it almost seems like a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you look at, you know, Toyota, they've been so successful with their hybrid synergy drive, right? I mean, this is what they've been, for, for what, 15 years now in the American market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of really, when hybrids came out, they did it right right away. Yes. And everyone's been kind of playing catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's worthwhile to say also. In this Malibu, right, the, GM,
0: the, the Malibu hybrids are real hybrid.
2: A real hybrid mm-hmm. along the same lines as, as what Toyota has been doing for quite a while. And um, you know, every car that we've tested with this this hybrid, this Toyota hybrid system, and some variation of it, really does its job. Mm-hmm. Really does mm-hmm. well. It's got the power. It's got the fuel efficiency. Real-world fuel efficiency. Whatever tests we throw at it, yeah. it does well. Does great mm-hmm. on the highway. Does great elsewhere, but they've been kind of restrictive about where they apply it. I'm still waiting for a minivan. Mm-hmm. You know, Chrysler, to their credit, is going to beat them to a, a hybrid minivan. But, um, but yeah, small SUV, that is the family car today. And to have a hybrid one, it, I'm interested to see what we're gonna get at. I suspect we're probably gonna see around 30 miles per gallon right, we overall. saw that out of the
0: Lexus NX 300. Which, is, which has the identical running gear. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But but that's, you know again, a higher cost vehicle to get into it, but to get into a vehicle that is a family car, at basically a family car price, and to get 30 miles per gallon out of a vehicle that could do that, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And what's really cool, though,
0: is that there isn't a big Tick in price. I mean, we bought two RAV fours. We bought a RAV four XLE and an XLE hybrid. Our RAV four XLE is twenty nine thousand fourteen bucks. Our RAV four hybrid is twenty nine thousand seven hundred fifty three. Seven hundred dollars more to get the hybrid. That's
2: yep. Well, if they want to sell cars right now with you know, yeah, I'm going to sell hybrids right now. Gas is like a buck seventy was, even yeah. here in Connecticut, right? Yeah. I mean, they need to do that. Um, you know, keep in mind you know, it's not going to be $30 a barrel of oil for forever. Forever. Yeah, it's going to so, um, boy, that seems like a pretty good investment to get a hybrid right now. Yeah, it does.
0: The one problem I have here is that, that price to begin with, the RAV4 is not a good value. I mean, you can get a Subaru Forester with um, a bigger panoramic moonroof, a power driver's seat, um, heated seats, you can get a, a Forester with that stuff and EyeSight so, yeah. for less than that. RAV4 with no power seat, um, you know, well, no you're talking feels, about it. No heated it, yeah. seats. It you're it talking
1: equipment levels more than value, which is more well, than I that, think to know, cost lot of ownership. People, and, uh, well, I think and, to
0: a lot yeah. of people, equipment levels, uh, Toyota's being cheap with equipment.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks a little plain inside, I mean, uh, but, you know, uh, they give you, to counter those things, it gives you automatic climate control, sunroof, uh, power liftgate. Well, I mean, I would take the power seat and lumbar
0: support over the uh, power liftgate, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, a Mazda CX-5 is the same thing. I've got a power drive you know, I can get a CX-5 Touring with a power driver seat, blind spot monitoring for, for less than this RAV4.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, you know, Toyota feels <clears> like <throat> it can do whatever it wants. It, it's such well, a giant.
2: It, it, again, it comes down to, you know, when you're at the dealership. It comes down to, you know, when you actually price and see what these things are going out the door for. So. Um, you know, it's all demand, it's all of that, so this stuff's going to move around, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're talking MSRP, that's not exactly what the the actual transactional price is, um, right now, yeah, I mean, that Forester's got a lot going for it, mm-hmm. for sure, and the CX-5, if you want something that's fun to drive, mm-hmm. that owns it, that right. owns it in this market, um, you know, for something that's going to be reliable and, and, and also have, be fun to drive, um, you know, but, uh, you know, it is an evolving market. You look at that small SUV market again. Talking about value, I mean, there's a lot of value there too, and it's catching up. And these cars are now in their these SUVs, whatever. I mean, they're their third generation, fourth sure. generation, mature products. They're Actually, products. evolving
1: is a great theme here because uh, the Rav Four. Uh, it used to be twenty <clears> years ago. It used to be like a kind of like a GTI type of a, an SUV, really sporty and and edgy, and mm-hmm. now it's kinda, it's gotten mainstream. It's, you, know, you can pretty much describe it as the uh, Toyota Camry of uh, small SUVs.
0: Sure, which isn't a bad thing. a yeah. yeah. It's a, a, thing, it's a Camry wagon exactly of today. Yeah, that's right.
1: It's very appealing, very uh, well-rounded, does everything well, you know. May not excite
0: you, though. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I, it doesn't.
2: This is our right. boring episode, basically. We're gonna be talking <laughs> about boring cars that people actually buy. That's right. <laughs> that's what we decided. Uh,
0: let's get to some reader <laughs> comments. McLaren, Questions about that's McLaren. That's right, that's right. Next episode's all McLaren, the McLaren Lamborghini Maserati. <laughs>
2: that's what I was hoping for. Uh,
0: let's get to some reader comments. Uh, Ryan asks, the last show we talked about, um, should a father keep his old Volvo S80 for his son, or should he get a new car? Mm-hmm. Uh, this comment is, why not just buy Volvo Dad's son dri- why not just get buy Volvo Dad's son driving lessons instead of a car? Forget the Ooh. countless safety features we all buy as insurance nowadays. How about improving the driver first?
2: Ooh, I, I like this guy. I like this guy. I don't much. like him at all. No, here, here's I'll the thing. Honest. Here's the thing. You can do both. And his point is good. Being a better driver and having some driving training is huge. Because it's one thing to protect you in the accident; the other thing is to avoid the accident. But knocking safety equipment is wrong. I'm. I'm t- well, I no, no, have no, no I, I'm, I'm with I you. Have I'm no with excuses. you, and yeah. I like I like part of it. Let, let, let me say, okay. I like part of it. I All like right. what he's getting at. Look, I mean, we we we, we run a, a teen school here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just so eye opening what you can do with with half a day of training right. to get someone to know how to press the brakes all the way down and hold it down and, and not lift off when the ABS goes on and what that means. It's hugely important. That said, the safety stuff is really important mm-hmm. too. So I would say do both, but I think to his point, you know, to have the conversation about what car your teen should drive or what car is safe without having the conversation of how to drive to avoid this accident is, is, is something that, you know, worthy that he brings up. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's no question. Car control is crucial, and, uh, and I'm a believer of it just as much as Jake. I mean, in fact, I took my son to drive in the snow in an empty parking lot the other day. And uh, yeah, but you can be the best driver uh, in the world. You're not immune from the occasional distraction, or the, the uh, fatigue, fatigue or, or the, the human error or, or, or getting some s- sort. side yeah, by someone that exactly. you didn't,
2: you know, I mean look, you and get rear-ended. I mean, you can't always avoid a rear-ended
1: crash. Exactly, so these, these features have value, definitely have value, and there's no indication
0: that distraction is going away. No, no, I don't think there is. Um, talking more about technology and drivers and people. Um, let's see. Self-driving cars will be safer. If I'm driving on the highway and feel f- tired and fatigued, am I just going to let the car take over? Probably not, because I'm more likely to fall asleep behind the wheel. This is just a gimmick from the auto industry, and I will avoid self-driving cars like the plague. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's a, a chicken-and-the-egg thing. It's like. They're you're old. tired, so it's going to protect you, but you're not driving, and you're not
2: involved, so we're do you, we're, not we're not there, there yet. yet. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, he, he's hitting upon something that we've talked about, too. Yep. We're in this weird gray area where it's not driving for you, it's sort of helping you. Does that mean I don't have to pay attention as much? Yeah, it is a little bit messy. Yep, the
0: gray area is the perfect thing to mention because that comes up in the next comment. Uh, absolute autonomy is me falling asleep and arriving at my destination safely. Obviously we are not at that point. This guy's great. Obviously we are not <laughs> at that point. But the public needs to know what are the limitations of this machine I'm buying or getting into. Right. It's all over the map with no real way to tell. And yeah. that's what's happening. You're getting it's already bad enough with Ford collision warning that a lot of people buy cars, they don't know that they have this capability. Right. And now you're talking about cars that steer themselves, cars that control or the throttle. And sort drain. of do. They're, sort of do in, the, in certain yeah.
1: situations. There is so much confusion out there. I mean, it, lane departure warning, lane keep assist. Uh, there is such a, a conglomerate of, of uh, acronyms mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. f- floating, and nobody really does a good job of explaining it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, it, well, I mean, this also comes to mind with Tesla because Tesla keeps coming out with these beta systems mm-hmm. that are super advanced technology. Uh, your car, just one day you wake up, the car has, oh, it's got a new feature. Now it steers itself. Yeah. Oh, the car now will come <clears throat> in, it, it has summon mode <clears throat> The car will come to me. Uh, it's sort of documented through the it's, operating menu in it. And it's, so, but it's like you have this whole suite of technology that's not well explained and mm-hmm. the limitations are
2: very nebulous. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, it, it's very difficult to figure out what these things do, what they're promised to do. Um, our car got, got an update, right? Our, mm-hmm. our Tesla, it, before it had autopilot, still has autopilot. It's not an autopilot system. Right. Okay. Uh, we've talked a lot about that. Um, it says that auto parks. Um, they kind of promised it, like, oh, I get out of the car, I hit a button, and it goes parks itself. It doesn't really do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it kind of is a kind of a rudimentary remote, remote control car. Right. We've been playing with ourselves. Um, it does have a parking feature, but you have to be in the car to do that. But it's not really clear. And, and, and the more this technology comes down, it's getting to be like, we were just talking about this before, about electronics, right? Mm-hmm. You have, a, we all have smartphones, right? We don't know all the capability of that smartphone. We haven't gone through every single menu. We don't know all the features it has. And, that, and, and it used to be with cars, you know everything the car has. I know it's got fm it's got am it's, it's whatnot. yeah i'm familiar with the radio i know there, how a radio is supposed there to there are many structures on your car probably right now that you're like i never really tried this and this changes that mm-hmm. so yeah it, it is a weird situation right and i mean they you know it's
0: it we're able to develop technology quicker than we're able to develop a way to educate people about it and also people are impatient and don't really Read instructions or watch yeah. videos, or and
1: there are always going to be some people who are reactionary and will resist new technology.
0: Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Um, I wish I asked this earlier because this actually feeds in with talking about these midsize sedans. Harold says I am looking for a midsize sedan between thirty and forty thousand dollars, just to get me to work and come back. What car would you recommend in this price range? Any brand, please help.
2: Well, first of all he'd be happy to know he could take about $10,000 and put it back in his pocket. He can, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Because there are some really good choices here, I mean.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you don't care about driving, you can get yourself a Toyota Camry, four
2: cylinder that will run. You could get an Impreza, you could get, I mean, a legacy, yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: Honda Accord, I mean, there's sure. a lot of really nice choices.
1: Sure, Mazda 6 if you like driving, Ford so, Fusion, right? uh, but he doesn't, so yeah, Toyota Camry, um, Subaru Legacy, you know, all of those.
0: Yeah, no, there's a lot of a lot good of, choices, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of stuff that has optional advanced safety equipment like Ford Collision Warning, I'd pay for pay to get that. Sure. You know, which, pre- Legacy with EyeSight will, will mm-hmm. certainly do that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good choices. Okay, now, we've been responsible this episode. Okay, we have Can we talk- stop? <laughs> yes, well, no, we're not gonna stop the episode, but, but just, just as dessert, we have this question. Okay, guys, totally unrelated question. ND Miata, which is the current generation car, FRS, BRZ, S2000, or MR2 Spider? Yeah, I see how so, you, know, you
2: look at me with the MR2. I do, say, hey, because that
0: was like one of your favorite cars you've ever tested. Yes, here, right? I
2: still have my first generation MR2 in my garage um that's a tough one i mean my the mr2 spider that's when
0: toyota built cool cars that's when a not really everything cool car. was a camry what's neat about the mr2 right. spider nobody bought them no one bought, <laughs> no, no that, one but, bought them but which is kind
2: of neat because you know what everyone's got a miata you know You're right because that you know so but the, a mid-engine car mid-engine absolutely car, no luggage space whatsoever Bah! he didn't ask about that no he didn't I also am a big fan of early S2000s. Mm. You know, the one with the two-liter that goes to 9,000 RPM. You want the peaky one. the peaky one that goes yeah. from 6 to 9,000 r- mm. RPM on the other side of cams. Oh, it's so good. So um, that thing rides really bad. So <laughs> it depends on what you're after. But, um, but those
0: two cars are much more rare than a Miata. So exactly. It's a, it's a special, yep. kind of a special piece.
1: Well, I think we need to ask him if he needs uh, to, mm, a ragtop. Mm. And if not, then uh, the FRS, BRZ are, are pretty serious driver's cars. They have reliability problems for a while, but they've worked out. Yeah, I think they worked that out. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you're, uh, it really depends what you want from a car. I mean, if you don't have a track in your backyard and you just want to have fun on the road, then I think with a GTI or a Ford Focus ST, mm. you which might, are
0: not on the list, and not only <laughs> this, but let's
1: expand the choices here. Mm. Uh, I think uh, that the readily available power of the turbo is, is, has a lot of value over these
0: high revving kind of uh, small displacements. Sure, maybe. Uh, as, 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 as always on the internet, the, answer to th- the correct answer to this question is Miata. Right. It is always Miata. Uh, my choice here would be the last generation Miata, the NC, the 2006 to 2015 Miata. I mean you can get a nice grand touring for about 15,000 uh, bucks. you're going to get one. We've talked about this before. You can find one with low miles. Mm-hmm. It's fun to drive. It gives up a little bit of sharpness
2: compared to the current car, but not a lot. Miata is always the answer. M I A T A. That's right. That's Miata what? is always the answer. Look, I mean it, true. It's it's an amazing car. It's the other a great thing car, is but, you but, know what? But honestly, again,
0: you're not going to go wrong with any of these cars. These yeah. are all fun. These yeah. are all unique cars. Right. They're all going to be a blast. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Talking Cars. As always, we thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.